0: A 54-year-old Missouri man is now behind bars for the murder of his mistress, 35-year-old Molly Watson. James Addy, who was a father and a husband, had been leading a secret life with Molly for over seven years, neither family having any idea about the other. After a -a two-and-a-half-hour deliberation, James, who once shared his Missouri home with his daughter, Emma, who was 17, and his wife of almost 23 years, Melanie, was found guilty of first-degree murder and armed criminal action, which is interpreted to using a gun to commit a felony, and in this case, murder. In the state of Missouri, first-degree murder carries a mandatory life sentence without parole or death. Melanie, James's wife, testified on the stand that she had no idea that James had been cheating on her for three years short of a decade. Despite frequent so-called work trips James would always be taking and the less than typical time that he spent away from home supposedly with colleagues. All of this came out during the trial, which was heavily covered by Court TV. You guys, it's so easy to find on YouTube. Go and hit it up. There were no work trips. All of James's travels were romantic time spent away from his family and with his fiancée. James, no, no, you can't be married and engaged to two different women. Have you never watched
1: the Carrie Underwood 2 Black Cadillacs music video? (laughs) Yeah, James, don't do that. You're going to end up in a ditch. That's a (laughs) no-no. So James's secret fiancée, Molly, she was a devoted mother to a young son named Declan. They were each other's worlds, and they shared the closest bond between mother and son. Molly was a sister, she was a daughter, and she was also a business owner. So Molly and James had met at work many, many years prior, and it didn't take very long for them to fall in love. So in 2017 and 2018, Molly, she had been meticulously planning, you know her wedding, her dream wedding to James, And this was supposed to take place on april 29th 2018 molly had made each and every centerpiece for their big day i mean she did it by hand she was so excited and she loved that james was just as involved in the planning as she was but all that was about to change as their big day approached so friends of molly recall molly saying that she thought james began to act distant like as if he was having second thoughts about the marriage I mean, no, it's because he was actually married. <laughs> right. <laughs> he wasn't just being his usual self. But, you know, the seating arrangements were done. The vendors were confirmed. April 29th was right around the corner. And Molly could not be happier. Sadly for Molly, that day would never come. Instead, her body would be found on the side of a dirt road in the late hours of April 27th, 2018.
0: Two days before her wedding. Two days
1: dirt bag she still had her engagement ring on and she like just cherished and adored this ring when they found her she had it on her fingers still it's so sad so when the officers had arrived at the scene along route m and highway 151 this was an area known as low water crossing they had observed a female in what appeared to be her pajamas laying motionless on the ground
0: Glenn McSparren was on his way to his mother's house, driving through the low water crossing about 45 minutes earlier when he had witnessed two cars in the area where Molly's deceased body was found. He knew for anyone to be out in this particular area, which was super rural, wasn't exactly common and that those that did head out to that spot were usually up to something. Hmm, So, (laughs) So as he drove slowly observing these two cars, he described seeing an older white gentleman attempting to drive his older burgundy car over an embankment near this creek bed. Glenn stopped and he asked the gentleman if everything was okay. He had suspected that maybe somebody was just stuck in the mud. Glenn says that the older man, now believed to be James, At that point, got out of his car and called back to Glenn saying something along the lines of, I'm not sure where they're at, but it's going to be a while. So Glenn, being super tired, didn't offer this man any sort of help, which was kind of out of his nature. Instead, he continued on towards his mother's house to drop off his daughter. So it was on the way back from Glenn's mother's house about 20 minutes later, and now Glenn says it's about 10 p.m., that he discovers Molly's body lying near the creek bed. He jumped out of his truck, but it was too late to save her. Molly had been shot once in the back of the head at an extremely close range.
1: Responding officers are able to identify Molly as the fiancé of James Addy, when they had come across their wedding web in Molly's internet history. Like, come on, people. Everyone knows internet history does not lie. Yeah. So they were now dealt with this heartbreaking task of locating James and, you know, notifying him of the horrifying news that his beloved fiancé had been murdered. Only when they arrived at his house, they don't quite find themselves (laughs) delivering news to a very shattered fiancé. It's actually the opposite. They find themselves delivering news to James and his wife, Melanie. Yes, his wife. So Melanie, she is in complete shock. Like she's just trying to process all of this Everything. information that's being thrown at. I can't even. Imagine. Hi, Reina. Uh, your husband's fiance has been found murdered. Like, what goes? Through what goes your, through your brain? brain? <laughs> I yeah. literally, I would murder my fiance there before <laughs> the cops were gone. <laughs> like, too guaranteed. Much. Melanie, I can't even imagine what she was thinking. So, you know, James, obviously, he has to come clean about the affair. He didn't even really have a choice, right? So James shows the police this burner phone that he had used to communicate with Molly. And then police ask him, you know, when was the last time you guys talked? James said that this was the night of the 27th and it was for about 30 minutes. And that has calls and texts to her after that had all gone unanswered. Mm-hmm. So the cops ask him, "What time did you arrive home that evening?" He said, "It was about 8:30 p.m." Melanie, in complete, you know, disbelief, goes on a full search in with within their home. She's trying to find clues of James' affair. So it doesn't take long for her to find Molly's belongings Mm-mm. in their garage, along with a photo album full of photos of James and Molly. On these, you know, times that James supposedly was away on business trips or guys trips, whatever the story that he came up with to concoct for his wife. So Melanie realizes that neither of them had any clue of the other.
0: Well, dude, James went to such great lengths to like plan these elaborate trips and things. He would forge letters on the Department of Corrections official letterhead. About like these trainings with dates and locations and leave them out for, Wait, who for time Melanie to see. For that? That is such dedication I barely to your have, cheating I ways. barely have time for this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> like,
1: Clearly James has a lot of time on his hands. And even
0: more so now that he's sitting in a dry cell. Oh, do do. <laughs> <laughs> so it began to appear that James's wedding to Molly was fastly approaching and this was just making him really uncomfortable. James was faced with a decision knowing that he could not be legally married to two women at once. He was going to have to figure out how was he going to live with Molly full time when he literally had a whole nother life down the street with a wife and kid. Though it is super sad but common for the existing wife to be harmed in these types of situations, in this case, James chose to kill his fiance. yeah we always it's always the wife it's always, it's always the, the, wife. the wife the woman who just absolutely loved him unconditionally for seven years molly had everything in place for their big day and in order to possibly delay molly's meticulous planning on april 24th just five days before their wedding day james had told molly that the mother of his children which would be melanie passed away from traumatic injuries that she had suffered in a car accident the December prior.
1: Oh my God. He's got some good stories to make up. This is impressive. He should have a podcast. Oh my God, James.
0: So this claim was documented in an email that Molly had sent to their wedding planner asking to please reschedule a meeting that the three of them had upcoming. So around this time, Molly begins to become super suspicious of James and his super odd behavior. He had never been this way in their seven years of being together. And she's like, why now? So Molly can't ignore like these intuitions. So she hops online and she is searching for Melanie Addy's obituary, which she obviously never finds because Melanie's alive, living her best life. She's like, oh, I'm not dead. So (laughs) So another thing that had come to light was that James never got fitted for his tux. So this one super happy, loving fiance just abruptly like turns. And Molly's finding like all of these things out that she thinks, you know, everything's being planned, like everything's in place. I'm going to get married in just a couple of days. Then James springs on her that she has to cut her guest list literally in half. How are you gonna do that a few days before James, the wedding? Don't
1: fuck with a bride that's approaching her wedding. Right? That's the worst thing you can do.
0: <laughs> so she's super caught off guard and obviously just like devastated. She has no idea like what is going on, and all she's trying to do is do anything to bring like her attentive fiance like back in.
1: Mm. Well, there seemed to be nothing for Molly to do because James's next move was beyond pure evil. So, on the evening of April 27th, James took his wife of, of 22 years to dinner, and they both, you know, seemed to enjoy it. They were spending time together, talking, laughing, all a good time before heading back home approximately 7 p.m. Once back home, James told Melanie he was going to go to work to attend a meeting, which like at 7 o'clock at night? What? because
0: right, he's a shitbag.
1: I don't fucking know. That just seems odd, James, but okay. <laughs> so... As the shipbag that Raina said he is, he set himself a text about this like so-called meeting earlier in the day, even giving himself a list <laughs> of things to bring to this fictitious meeting.
0: Like, hello, <gasps> shitty alibi. They're going to find out about the burner phone. Come on, James.
1: So Melanie, you know, says her goodbyes. James told her he'd be back as soon as this, you know, meeting, meeting was over. <laughs> So Melanie gets herself ready for bed, falling asleep at approximately 7.30 that evening. Well, once James made his way out of the family home, he, you know, begins to text Molly. The two exchange a series of text messages for about a 20-minute period between 8.06 and 8.26. After their last text, James calls Molly. She misses his call, but calls him right back four minutes later at 8.30. Well, on that call, James is somehow able to lure Molly out of her house in her pajamas, no bra, like, you know, she's just strolling out of the house to meet him in this really rural area known as the Low Water Crossing. What was said on that call is unknown, so we can't divulge that information to you guys. But Molly puts her car in drive at 8.32 p.m. and she arrived at the Low Water Crossing at 8.54 these times are precisely documented by the the safe driving app, and Molly had installed that on her phone. It was kind of something that she used to prove to her insurance company that, you know, she was a safe driver. We want those lower rates, people. <laughs> so this actually was a huge part of the prosecution's case, as James has never given any information on this time frame.
0: Because he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So from 8.54 p.m. when Molly arrived at the Low Water Crossing, there is no electronic or physical sign of James anywhere. His movements are 1,000% like off the grid unaccounted for. At 10.07, an hour and 13 minutes later, the text messages start up again from James's phone to Molly's. He sends her seven text messages in total, And he calls her about four times, which is totally normal, right? Mm. He loves her. She loves him. They would always call, talk, text, whatever. The only problem is, was that those four phone calls that James made to Molly as James drove back towards his house... Oh, and while he was throwing all the evidence out of his car window. So smart, dude. Yeah, those four phone calls only lasted for three seconds each. So, the only way that those phone calls could have possibly been answered within three seconds is if Molly's phone was like physically in her hand. No one answers their phone in three seconds. I mean, I don't know. Do you? I don't know. Sometimes. I don't.
1: Know. <laughs> or sometimes I'll just let it ring a few times, because I'm like, oh yeah, uh, right, yeah that's you. kind of how I am Aww. too.
0: <laughs> so we know that Molly didn't have her phone in her hand because she was already dead, and James had thrown her phone out the fucking window of his car, along with some other evidence, a T-shirt. That we will later find was made by his daughter, Emma, a box of ammo. So I just want to take the time to thank the Lord for dumb criminals. That's right. (laughs) Shout out to the Lord. Thank
1: you, sweet baby Jesus. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So the other thing is the trail of evidence that James left along this side of the road. And this road led right back to his
0: house. It was like almost a straight shot.
1: Come on, James. Come on. (laughs) So when James had arrived back home after murdering Molly, he was shocked to find that Emma, his daughter, was still awake. So according to Emma, he had come into the house after 10 p.m. and described him as being like very antsy, not in his normal state. And so he questioned Emma. He's like, why are you still awake? And she explained that she had a homework assignment. She needed to get it turned in before it was marked late. All this stuff. So shortly after Emma had turned her assignment in, she was getting ready for bed and she made her way over to the restroom and noticed like a smell of bleach coming from the laundry room. Not normal, but you know, she thought, okay, whatever. So she's in the restroom now and she's going through her nightly routine, brushing her teeth, washing her face. And her dad keeps coming into the bathroom door, practically practically forcing her out saying you know he needs to take a shower so she's thinking to herself like what the fuck is going on she finishes up you know gets out of his way and Emma she actually would be the one to poke holes in James's alibi when he was being questioned by the police James's recollection of coming home at 8:30 is completely crushed by Emma when she tells the officers she knows her dad was home later than that it was more like 1030 because she had her eyes locked on the clock because of that homework assignment that had to get turned in. Secondly, when asked if she recognized the custom t-shirt that was found on that road, Emma said she knows exactly where that shirt came from. Mm. She made it in her graphic design class. <laughs> Take that, James.
0: Why didn't she put some- Dumbass. Let I me grab this like you know. one-of-a-kind shirt sure. and use this. That my own
1: daughter made. Right. So she actually made three because she kept messing up on like the decal transfer process and she had to keep starting over. There's only one place that that shirt could have come from and it was Emma and she had actually gifted it to her father, James. So Emma was also able to account for a 20 minute gap in the last phone calls and text messages that James sent to Molly's phone. Emma says with certainty that this
0: was the time her dad,
1: would have been in the shower.
0: Mm. Like, James, you are not smart. What are you doing? Are you-? <laughs> so James's face showed so many emotions throughout his trial. Not that it even matters, but when you're watching it and he claims to be innocent, you can see the regret and, like, sadness he feels as he sits through all of the testimonies, but more so Emma's. So where Molly's body was found was just a foot away from an exact tire print matching James's back tire of his car. He had heartlessly dragged Molly's body from the point where he shot her dead down on the ground to this creek bed in an attempt to conceal her. The murder weapon was never found, but the gunshot residue at the crime scene matched the residue on that ammo box that was found along the side of the road. The custom t-shirt that Emma had gifted her dad held the DNA of both Molly and James, and it also contained Molly's blood. James did his best to cover his tracks, but it obviously wasn't good enough. Thank God for Emma, because she's, like, the real hero here, bravely testifying, like, against her dad. She's amazing, and she was so young.
1: And able to poke all those holes in his story Mm -hmm. to, like, help. And, yeah, I mean, you're right. To testify against your own father, that's got to be heavy in itself. But after three delays of getting this trial started, Molly's family will finally witness justice being served when James is scheduled to be sentenced for Molly's murder on June 29th of this year.
0: That's just in a few days. Just in a few days,
1: guys. But for now, he is being held behind bars at the Cole County Jail. Sadly, both of Molly's parents have passed away and they'll never be able to be there and watch the trial and, you know, get that closure. But Molly's brother did say that their passing was due to a psychological trauma due to Molly's death.
0: That is in interviews. I will try to remember to link it. It's so sad. He talks about how the first parent, they were just devastated. The first parent passes away, and then he, I believe, took care of maybe his mother who passed away second, but that they were just completely heartbroken and just shattered after molly passed away
1: and we've seen so many stories a couple of ones that we've gone over too, where the parents are just so Mm. heartbroken by the whole thing that you know diminishes their health takes the toll on them yeah but at least the brother will you know get to see justice we serve exactly
0: for his family so, as of today, James awaits his first degree murder sentencing, but he already earned himself a 20 year sentence on that armed criminal action count. Aww. Yeah. So, Aww. congratulations, James. James. <laughs>
1: So, guys, that is the story today of the secret mistress, Molly Watson. We hope that James gets the max sentence at this upcoming date. We will be watching. And as always, we will keep you guys posted.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Wherever you're listening now, drop us a review, please. No, really. We're waiting right now for yeah, you to just do go it. Ahead. No, we'll just be here. <laughs> so just go do it. Yeah.
1: As always, we hope you guys have a safe weekend. And we'll be back here next Friday with some new true crime.
0: Bye, Bye guys.